Good day and once again, welcome back. Today is Saturday, 8th of February, 1947. Bed is still aboard the ship MV Rainella as it slowly, ever so slowly, makes its journey from Shanghai back to Australia. She's still in New Guinea, going from port to port, and then back to the previous port, before going on to the next port. But before we hear from Bet in the slow journey home, it's time to conclude the story of UNRWA. You'll recall the story began back on November 9th, 1943, when representatives of 44 nations gathered around a table at the White House in Washington, D.C., to discuss the progress of the war and the need for massive humanitarian aid to follow the Allied armies as the tide of war changed. UNRWA operated for just under four years before concluding in late 1947. Today's final instalment of the story of UNRWA involves two letters written after the organisation had wound up. Herbert H. Lehman, 41 East 57th Street, New York, New York, February 1, 1948. 2. Major General Lowell W. Rooks, Director General, UNRWA, Washington, D.C. My dear General Rooks, I have read the proof of the story of UNRWA with great interest and satisfaction. It recites very simply the story of the greatest and most successful international organization of its kind in the history of the world. It describes graphically what UNRWA did to prevent widespread starvation, to curb sweeping epidemics, and to avert economic collapse in many countries. UNRWA provided not only food, medicines, clothing and shelter, but laid the groundwork for economic recovery in many areas of Europe and Asia. It worked at a time when the world was in chaos. It had to struggle against a shortage of supplies, funds and manpower. But in time, it overcame most of its obstacles. UNRWA was the only thing that saved many millions of people in Europe and Asia from starvation, fatal disorder and black despair. I had the honour of serving as first Director General of UNRWA from 1943 to 1946, and I shall always look back with the deepest satisfaction on the part which I was privileged to play in this greatest of all relief and rehabilitation undertakings. With the support of an unusually loyal and efficient organisation in this country and abroad, we set up an organisation which, in more than a score of countries, carried on a wide-flung program to save millions of men, women and children from starvation and to bring new hope into their lives. I am deeply grateful to the fine men and women with whom I've worked over these years. Some of them gave their lives in service to UNRWA. Almost all of them made great sacrifices. I am happy, too, that when I felt it was necessary to step down as the first Director General, I was succeeded by two such able and devoted administrators as Mayor Fiorello LaGuardia and yourself. Since January 1947, you have carried on the work with singular devotion and success. 
UNRWA will have its place in history as proof that nations and peoples can live together and work together to achieve a high purpose. I hope that it will serve as an example to the many other international organisations that succeed it. Very sincerely yours, Herbert H. Lehman. United Nations Relief and Rehabilitation Administration, Southwest Pacific Area, GPO Box 4101, Sydney, New South Wales, 31st of May, 1948. Dear Sir, Madam, The story of UNRWA, which it is my privilege to present herewith, is sent to you with the compliments of Major General Lowell W. Rooks, Director General. This 50-page pamphlet sets out in simple language some of the more significant and impressive aspects of the UNRWA program and its record of accomplishment in the 17 countries in which the administration worked. UNRWA was the operating agency of 48 member governments. Almost half of the money UNRWA spent went into food. At its peak, UNRWA was providing an extra meal a day for 10 million children. More than 6,000 ships carried UNRWA food and equipment to receiving countries. The first full UNRWA cargo ship sailed in March 1945, and shipments continued until 1948. The achievement which gave the greatest satisfaction to UNRWA's devoted and highly trained medical staff was the prevention of widespread epidemics in Europe and Asia. Only one disease, cholera, reached epidemic proportions in the Far East before it was curbed. And when the serious cholera epidemic broke out in Egypt late last year, the Chinese government was able to provide many tonnes of cholera vaccine made with UNRWA equipment to the stricken Mediterranean area. These facts, and many more, are available to the reader of the story of UNRWA, which, in the words of the Director-General, is designed to provide citizens the world over with a better understanding of what the governing body of UNRWA set out to do in their name and what was finally accomplished. The Southwest Pacific Area Office is about to close and the headquarters in Washington will close upon the finalization and audit of the administration's accounts. Yours sincerely, H. H. Widdison, Chief Executive, Southwest Pacific Area. And that concludes the story of UNRWA. But let's hear from Bet as she sits at anchor in Langemark Bay near Finchhaven, New Guinea. M. V. Ranella, Finchhaven, Papua New Guinea, Sunday, the eighth of February, nineteen forty-seven. Mother dear, here we are, still flitting around the New Guinea coast. We left Lay on Thursday afternoon and tied up in Langmark Bay on Friday morning. At Langmark, we took on a water supply and a small amount of cargo, and this morning we moved in here at Finch, where there is a lot of cargo waiting to be loaded. It looks like a stay of four or five days here, and then we go back to Lay for five or even ten days. Though interesting, I'm very keen to get going for home. We'll go to Melbourne. All the cargo belongs there. But still don't know whether we'll stay with the ship for the four or five days and come back to Sydney in her or finish the trip by train. 
but it will not be difficult from there. At Leigh, Jeanette and Mick looked after Hank and I wonderfully well. They made our stay most enjoyable, and we are waiting to continue the hospitality on our return at the end of this week. Here, in Langmark and Finch, only a few miles across country, we are being royally entertained by the remaining U.S. Army unit, War Graves Registration Unit, have been swimming each day and to RAAF officers' mess at night. Tiffin, at the U.S. mess, also to the movies one night. Of our U.S. hosts, I find the R.C. Padre the most likable. Father Joe seems exceedingly popular, and I can understand it because he's such good fun. He usually acts chauffeur and rattles that old jeep along at a tremendous rate. This must have been a terrific base. Huts, sheds, etc. now abandoned and quickly becoming overgrown are everywhere. There are a few troops remaining, about 30 in the US unit, 300 RAN, 50 or 60 RAAF, and that is all. Mrs. Keenan, formerly Miss Goves of Wilmore and Randalls, lives near Langmark. Her husband is the district officer. She came swimming with us yesterday. I don't think she's too popular around here, but is herself quite happy living here. She has a nice little cottage right on the seashore and is busy settling into it, painting, building cupboards, etc. She came to the ship to see me when she heard I was on board. Father Joe gave me a couple of rolls of film, so I'm busy with the camera. He will develop and print them too, which will be good, because films don't last in this heat too well. You've not heard me complain of the heat, have you? After Nanchang, this is very mild. On the ship, we usually get quite a good breeze. But even ashore, the heat doesn't worry me unduly. I'm collecting a suntan, but not too much of it. I've also collected some mosquito bites, but I'm taking paludrine instead of atrobrin regularly. Oceans of love to you all. Special hug for Mimi and Pa from Boo. P.S. I got Auntie Edith's letter just before leaving Lay. Don't think I had mentioned it. Production credits for this episode. Produced and narrated by Warren Henry. The voice of Betty Souter by Helen Polkinghorne. And today's featured tune from 1947 has lyrics which, 75 years later in 2021, might be considered somewhat questionable. The Too Fat Polka. I don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. Performed by Arthur Godfrey. Here's a silly ditty. You can sing it right away. Now here is what you say. So sing it while you may. Here's a silly jingle. You can sing it night or noon. Here's the words. That's all you need. Cause I just sang the tune. Oh, I don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. She's too fat for me. She's too fat for me. I don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. She's too fat. She's too fat. She's too fat for me. I get dizzy. I get numbo. 
when I'm dancing with my jum jum jumbo. I don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. She's too fat for me. She's too fat for me. I don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. She's too fat. She's too fat. She's too fat for me. No, 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 no. Can she dance a quadrille? No, 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 no. Does she fit in your coop? By herself, she's a group. Could she possibly sit upon your knee? No, no, no. We don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. And she's too fat for me. But she's just right for me. <laughs> We don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. Yeah, she's too fat. Much too fat. But she's just right for me. She's so charming and she's so winning. <laughs> But it's alarming when she goes in swimming. We don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. <laughs> she's too fat for me. But she's just right for me. So I sure want her. You can't have her. She's just right for me. <laughs> But she's too fat. But she's not too fat. She's just right for me. <laughs> She's a twosome. She's a foursome. If she'd lose some, I would like her more. Some I don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. She's too fat for me. <laughs> She's too fat for me. I don't want her. You can have her. She's too fat for me. She's too fat. Much too fat. She's too fat for me. Hey.
Thank you.